0: Welcome to episode 23 of the Effective Faith podcast. This is a podcast that's answering questions about productivity tools, apps, gear to help us get things done, as well as our theology and Christian living and how we approach getting things done in a way that's gonna support our overall well-being and help us to honor Jesus better. My name's Chris Wood, I run Effective Faith and I'm your host for the podcast. This week, the podcast is... uh, taking a bit of a change. I'm kind of dueling it uh, with my YouTube channel. So what you're about to hear was originally recorded for my YouTube channel. So please do check out the video over there. And as we move forward in the future, some of these episodes are going to be released as both a podcast and a YouTube video. But if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, then I'll answer those for the podcast and they'll stay just on the podcast. Uh, But this week we're going to be thinking about apps the apps we use and why we should just use the apps that work for us so i'm going to dive right in and off we go hello welcome to this next episode of building an effective productivity system we're taking a little bit of a step back in this video you see, when it comes to productivity, when it comes to getting things done, there's no shortage of different apps out there. Task managers, notes apps, calendars, all in one apps, project managers, you name it. There's literally hundreds of options available. We've even now got Toolfinder, which is a fantastic website devoted to basically housing a database of all of these different apps, what they do, and apps that they're similar to. Check it out, it's fantastic. But the list on Toolfinder and available on the internet seems to be growing by the day and in the middle of all of this before we get into the sort of the nuts and bolts of what an effective productivity system looks like on the ground in the middle of this I want to present to you a very very simple idea if the app works then use it You see, shiny new app syndrome, it's a real danger with a growing market of new tools being produced all of the time. Developers are obviously creating apps to make the most of new technology and to solve problems that in their minds are big issues that are not addressed by the current stock of applications on the market. And so with each new app that's released, we think that now, finally, the perfect tools come along. And it allows us to do so much more than we ever even knew we needed. What's more is you'll often find, and there's a certain irony in me saying this, that apps find themselves with advocates, people online who uh, tell you how wonderful they are, write reviews of them, produce YouTube series about how to use them, bloggers, YouTubers, other content creators who swear by these new apps or the particular apps they use. And as we watch the videos, as we read the blog posts and listen to the podcasts, it can be very easy to become convinced that because XYZ person is successful and they are able to be so successful and so effective through their use of Notion or Sunsama or Obsidian or Rome Research, then I must be missing out on something here because I'm not using those apps. Now, I've also noted that there seems to be at the moment a drive towards ever-increasing complexity with what apps can do, offering more and more and more features and branching out into other areas of productivity. For example, Evernote, now offering task management functions, calendar capabilities, the mindset can be that more is, well, more. And an app with more features And more complexity is necessarily better. But against that backdrop, I want to urge caution and I want to say again if an app works for you, then use it and don't worry about all of the rest. You see, as I said, shiny new app syndrome can be really bad. There's definitely a place for trying new apps and seeing if they're going to work better for you, but our approach to doing this needs to be restrained. And with some caution, the danger is that we equate new with better, and that our amazement overrides our sensibilities. I quote Ian Malcolm from the from the film uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. He says, "Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how this always starts, but then there's running and screaming." You see, given the current proliferation of new apps across the board, in the calendar market, the task and project management market, and the note-taking market, and the all-in-one market, there's going to be a steady stream of shiny new apps coming at you constantly. And you're going to be constantly being wowed, and then constantly switching, and it's going to be an absolute killer for your productivity. Here's four reasons why, very briefly. There's time it's going to take you to switch and migrate to the new app, let alone the time it takes to figure out exactly how to use the new app. You're going to be a novice in using the app, whether it's learning the keyboard shortcuts, working out how all of the new features work, working out how to set things up for you, labels, filters, notebooks, templates, structures, etc. Or simply just the interface being really unfamiliar. All of the things are going to take time to learn, time when you won't be doing your normal work. And whilst you're still a novice, you're going to be slower and less effective in the work that you do. You're not going to be comfortable using the app either. Whilst this will give you that shiny new rush, your lack of familiarity alongside your lack of expertise in the new app will make the process of using it more arduous. And you will not feel secure that you have things organized as they should be and you know what everything does. And then eventually the honeymoon's going to be over. The app will no longer be new. The frustrations, the difficulties, the weaknesses of the app will become more and more clear. But then don't worry, because there's always that next app that solves all of those problems for you to try and move to. Shiny new app syndrome can be a real danger. But then the idea that if XYZ person is using it, then it must be great. That's really unhelpful too. You see, the reviews and recommendations of others are a really good thing and we should never ignore them. But remember that XYZ, whoever it is, is not you. The work they're doing is gonna be very different to the work that you are doing. The way they work and the way they think is gonna be different to the way you work and the way you think. And their aesthetic preferences, their preferences for things like user interfaces and do they like markdown and all of that kind of thing, they're going to be different. And the relative importance that they place on different things is going to be different to you as well. So Notion, great application, lots of power may work very well for Thomas Frank, for Danny Hatcher. Uh, In the old days, Danny Hatcher may have an obsidian set up today that makes life work for him. But all of this needs to be weighed with some caution. The app and the setup that they have may not work for you at all. It's worth a try. But if you can't get it to work and it doesn't feel right, and if you can't achieve their success, that doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It just means that their manner of working and their way of thinking and your manner of working and your way of thinking are different. Something I've noted recently, a lot of people are making content about Notion and apps similar to that. They post their content on Twitter, on YouTube or whatever. And this is also true of some of the other more complex all-in-one applications as well. But I've noted that for a lot of these people, not all of them, but for a lot of them, their job, their day job is literally making videos and courses or teaching people about how to use these apps and coaching people in how to use them. In a sense, learning and using the app is their job. That is their work. They're not using the apps necessarily to do something that's entirely unrelated It's worth bearing that in mind because I am not using Todoist and Upnote in order to teach people how to use Todoist and Upnote. I'm using Todoist and Upnote in order to get my work done, which is different to that. So the idea that XYZ uses the app means it must be great is not very helpful. And I also want to say, lastly, that complexity is not always better. See, when I look at some of the apps that are coming out on the market, I'm led to ask the question, do these features actually make us more productive or do they just get in the way? Are they a distraction? Obsidian and Rome Research, for example, are note taking applications that utilize a graph view um, of sort of networked note linking. Now, uh, I'm sure... That zooming in on sections of that graph view, and I'm going to put a picture up around about now of a graph view that I found online. Now, I'm sure that zooming in on sections of this makes it easy to see the links between the notes and the ideas and the thoughts that you wouldn't otherwise spot. But does that necessarily make you more productive? That's my question. And especially if you zoom out and view the whole graph. I mean, that's just crazy. You see, being able to have everything together, all in one place, all linked up with complex relationships being highlighted and made between tasks and projects and habits and routines and goals and values and core vision and purpose, you see, all of that can be overkill. Yes, I can trace the route through my system exactly to see how taking the bins out yesterday feeds into my life's purpose as I see that task in the context of my habits, my routines, my areas of focus, my projects, my goals, my values, my vision, and my life's purpose. Yes, I can trace the route from taking the bins out to my purpose in life. But is that complexity really needed to be productive? You see, personally, I think it's far more likely with a lot of these features and a lot of this complexity in the apps that we have today, they're actually making you less productive overall. Greater complexity requires greater management. It requires greater knowledge, greater expertise, and experience of the app in order to become comfortable and for using it to feel effortless. The more complex the app and the more complex the system that you design within the app, the more time it's gonna take to keep the app and the system up to date. The more time it's gonna take to process and to organize new input, whether that's notes or tasks, as you have to put in all of those different links and relations and everything. And the more time it's gonna take to plan out what you're actually going to do when. More complexity, means more functions to learn how to use, more keyboard shortcuts to learn and use. Seriously, some apps have so many keyboard shortcuts that in order for them to all be different, it feels like you're playing Twister on your keyboard with your fingers to try and activate the shortcut. And there's a greater chance that you're going to end up using the app in a way that's clunky, And not as the developers intended it with workarounds and all of this kind of thing to try and manipulate functionality that isn't really there. It's going to be a lot longer before you feel comfortable using the app and a lot longer before it becomes effortless. In effect, it becomes about the app and the function and the features rather than about doing your work, which is what's the most important thing here. Here's the point. Here's the conclusion. Apps make wonderful servants, but terrible masters. So if an app works for you, then use it, no matter how basic, no matter how simple, no matter how unflashy it is. If an app works for you, then use it. I was hearing just recently of uh, somebody who has a whole productivity system using just a simple notebook. Somebody else who uses a Cal Newport, for example, a key component, component of his system is a simple plain text file on his desktop that he has open most of the time. If it works for you, then use it. Both in the sense that it works for you as an individual, but also in the sense that it's working for you rather than you working for it. It's a sad day when we find out that our life is being dominated by the apps that we use. So some of the most productive people that I know in some pretty complicated and complex industries have systems based around Apple Notes and Todoist or Apple Reminders even two of the most simple apps out there on the market today. And you see, here's the point. If Apple Notes, if Apple Reminders works for you, don't be ashamed that you're not using Notion and Obsidian in some complex system. If using Microsoft Outlook and Microsoft OneNote is where you're at, then don't apologize for that. If you've used Evernote since its launch, that great 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 granddaddy of productivity tools and it works for you then that's fantastic Um, price hikes and all of the issues that Evernote aside if Evernote works that's great so if you like an app if you're familiar with the app if it's comfortable for you to use if it's effortless for you to use if it works for you and if it's serving you well then use that app and be very, 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 very cautious about being tempted to switch to another. You need some very good reasons, in my opinion, to change the apps you use, particularly to change them with the degree of frequency that many of us are often tempted to. A word of warning before we start looking into how I use UpNote, how I use Todoist, and the other applications that I've been trialing. If you've liked this video, hit that like button, share it with others. Please do subscribe to my channel and check out these other videos on the screen now, which you might find interesting. See you on the next video.